listeners and my fellow film fans, welcome back to another episode of the Backseat Directors Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins. And if you are a first-time listener, thank you so much for joining us. Backseat Directors is a celebration of all things movies. And you are listening to episode 97. And today's show is another Defend Your Movies segment with another one of our writers from BackseatDirectors.com. So on today's show, Parker Johnson is our guest, and he has the task of choosing three movies that he loves but critics hate on Rotten Tomatoes and to defend his movies. As always, thank you so much for joining us and for downloading today's episode. I really appreciate the support. If you enjoy the show, just go ahead and tell your friends and family about us. We'd love for you to share the love and just your love of movies in general. Uh, Also, if you could just take a moment, I'd love for you guys just to leave a review for the show. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other uh, podcast platform, just go ahead and leave a review for the show and let me know your thoughts and if you have any suggestions or recommendations. You can find the Backseat Directors podcast not just on Apple Podcasts, but on Spotify and any other major podcasting platform of your choice. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can follow us on social media or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can just go to our website at BackseatDirectors.com. If you have any other comments or questions, just uh, you can reach out to me directly uh, via email. My email address is Andre at BackseatDirectors.com. Again, that's Andre spelled A-N-D-R-E at BackseatDirectors.com. And without further ado, Parker Johnson on today's Defend Your Movies. Well, Parker, welcome back to the podcast thank you you, man how does it how does it feel to be back on the podcast it's been a couple years yeah yeah it feels great actually i'm super excited well i'm excited to have you back it's it's always fun having you um obviously like i'm I'm trying to give you know you're you are a part of the team for the backseat directors writers yeah and you know i'm trying to give you guys uh your time to shine on the podcast and you know so you are third now to appear on the podcast we're just going in alphabetical order and um and so yeah parker it's up to you my friend to defend your movies are you ready i have waited for the day think i met you (laughs) (laughs) well i know you've selected three movies that uh um uh, I, I think for the most part, they're pretty divisive, but let's go ahead and I'm going to turn the time over to you and introduce your first movie. All right. And again, just, I guess for some reference for our listeners, if you guys are just tuning in for the first time, um, this is a, just kind of a, a bi-weekly episode that I've been doing with uh, the writers from the backseatdirectors.com. Um, and they choose three movies that have a rotten score on rotten tomatoes but these are movies that the writers like, and so they are here to defend their movies. So, Parker, now I will turn it over to you. What is your first movie? My first movie is um, an old Disney movie called Atlantis, The Locked Empire. Now, when you say old Disney movie, I think we need to <laughs> keep things okay. in perspective. Okay. Okay. My wife older. and I, Parker, we just watched an old disney movie yesterday which came out in 1940 all right pinocchio that's an old disney movie oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> atlantis the lost empire I, I guess yes it's it's approaching yes. 20 years old it came out in 2001 so it is almost 20 years old yeah 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 i was actually really shocked when i found out that i had a rotten score because 
That movie is probably one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. It's, I, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. No, I, 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 it's, it, it's kind of in that middle area when Disney, they, they haven't purchased Pixar yet. Cause that purchase I believe happened in 2004, but mm. Disney is starting to incorporate computer animation within their, uh, regular 2d animated style. Right. Yeah. Um, and Atlantis, the lost empire really shows that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I walked this a couple of weeks ago. I was going um, through Disney Plus, um, and I go, "Hey, I'm gonna watch all um, these ones I'm really not familiar with." I remember liking it when I first watched it, and so I walked in. Like, holy cow! This, this if this came out today, it would have been like make so much money because it's a really, really cool story, really, really kind of, um, well, I guess it's animated, so it can't, but kind of like a racially diverse group of characters back, and they did it back in the day when that that wasn't as um, um, noticeable, applauded, when, when people weren't really overly concerned about that. Um, it has Leonard Nimoy in it, which I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good call out, man. That's a good call out. Yeah. But yeah, like, I really don't understand why the critics didn't like it. Like, it had a, um, a really good plot, really funny dialogue, too. Like, I still quote this movie occasionally. Re- really great uh, group of characters. This would have been perfect for live action. You see, like, transfer to live action. But then we got The Lion King, which... <laughs> <ain't nothing. laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, I, I take it you weren't a fan of the live action billion-dollar movie from last year. Everything about that. They sucked the life out of everything. And put it all into Timon. Timon looked the best part of that movie. <laughs> Timon was good. I like Timon, yeah. I, and I, I, for the most part, I think I like I, Seth Rogen did a good job with Pumbaa. But yeah. uh, um, are, are, what? Co- come on, Parker. Are you saying that billion dollar movies don't always mean that they're good? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting a little off topic, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah here's yeah. something that I, um, you know, just because I'm kind of looking this up as you're talking to me about it. Uh, the directors, and I say plural, d- directors of Atlantis: The Lost Empire, is a duo, a team: Gary Trosdale and Kirk Wise, who hmm. also, as a duo directorship, did The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Disney. Um, and they also did, oh shoot, I just had it right here. Um, they also did Beauty and the Beast, which really? is which is considered maybe top five best animated yeah. Disney movies ever. You know? Well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. All three of them are like my favorite Disney movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these these guys definitely have they have a lot of credentials to their name they've done they've done i mean and even after that you know so after atlantis uh they did let's see 
Oh, actually, the, no, the, the, that was it. Atlantis The Lost Empire was their last feature full-length animated film. Since then, they've just done a lot of shorts and, and uh, work in video games as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, it, so I, it, let me read you this, though, Parker, and I'll, I'll give you a chance to give the critics a rebuttal. Because yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, this is the sim, the critics' consensus. It says, yeah. Atlantis The Lost Empire provides a fast-paced spectacle, but stints on such things as character development and a coherent plot. What do you say to that? Uh, a coherent plot. It's a shame. Like, why weren't they... It had a coherent plot. It was basically... National Treasure being Pocahontas. I mean, <laughs> like, really, that's what I'm talking about. Like, National it, Treasure meets Pocahontas. I like that. Yeah, that's a good go, description. Yeah, they go out to, like, find this new technology that Native people have, and they're like, oh, well, we have to destroy the Native. Like, and I, I don't think what I mean about character development. That, like, they have some of the most memorable Disney characters. Like, I... Like the like the mole man, the like I think cricket honestly like the more and more like I read like professional critics, the more I'm just like you guys are just bitter. Like <laughs> could, could, could it, like yeah, like yeah. Eh, the the plot was simple, and like the actual trick to make Pocahontas. Like, I, I do agree that Milo didn't really have like a like a really dynamic character arc, but he didn't really need to have this huge, huge growth. Like, right. he was just a kid who wanted who wanted to find Atlantis. That would be like playing um, Ben Gate from National Treasure didn't grow as a character. Right. It, like, it, it's not that type of movie. It's, it's a fun adventure movie. Like, it, yeah. I, I've seen this movie a handful of times, and I remember yeah. enjoying it. It yeah. is an adventure movie, and I think, I think on on that level alone, the movie succeeds. I think yeah. it's it's a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, what's What's interesting is this is actually the first movie um, out of the list of movies that you you are the third writer now to appear on this specific type of episode to defend your movies. But this is the first time that that a writer you Parker picked a movie. That has both a rotten score from both the critics and the audience. Yes, so. <laughs> I don't understand. So here, like, just, I'm going to give the listeners a little bit of context, okay? So on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, with a total of 142 um, reviews submitted by official Rotten Tomato critics, um, the the approval rating is 49%. Okay, so it almost split down the middle of they either liked it or didn't like it, right? And then the audience score with over 365,000 reviews submitted from the audience, 53% approval rating from the audience. So it's this is this is 
very, very, very close, kind of clean cut down the middle. Mm. Half of the people that saw it liked it. Half the people did not. But um, there's another there's another movie around the same time. I think it came out. uh, Well, I don't want to I don't want to. Oh, yeah, it did. It did come out after um, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, but Treasure Planet. Yeah, I walked out around the same time. That was another group. I didn't like it as much as Atlanta, but that one was really cool too. One Sorry. thing I did like about Atlanta a lot that I just remember was the um, <clears throat> the art style specifically for the Atlantean. Mm. How it was, um, it combined like um, Greek Roman architecture with more futuristic, and it, it was a really really cool kind of really different aesthetic no that's great um, man yeah no that's yeah. That, i think that's a really good good point because uh, and mm. i think uh most uh most people who are moviegoers will be very familiar with the uh the version of atlantis that was displayed in the king um not sorry not <laughs> the um Gosh, I was about to say King Arthur, but I mean, he is kind of King <laughs> Arthur, kind of <laughs> King Arthur of Atlantis. Uh, no, Aquaman, Aquaman that came yeah. out, um, you know, about a, a, what was that? Just like a year, almost a year and a half ago now. But um, yeah. Okay. So the last question about this movie. Okay. Obviously you yeah. recommend it. You like it. It's on Disney yeah. plus listeners. If you guys are interested yeah. in watching it, if you don't own the movie, mm. who did the better rendition of Atlantis, the city of Atlantis, Atlantis, the lost empire mm. or Aquaman? I'm okay, Atlanta, because I, I really enjoy Aquaman, but they lean more toward Naboo than they did. Um, Naboo from from the Phantom yeah. Menace? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They did okay. a really high-tech version of Naboo. Okay. Uh, and Atlanta did more of uh, what if ancient Greek had um, divine the divine beef power from Breath of the Wild. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, I think you did a superb job, Parker, for defending that movie. You got me interested enough to add it to my watch list from Disney+. Plus. <laughs> All right. Parker, movie number two. Let's hear it. Movie number two is a film called The Fountain, um, directed by Darren Ar- Aronofsky. And who is Darren Aronofsky to you, Parker? Oh, my gosh. Darren Aronofsky is a, is a completely insane director. That... <laughs> but he's your favorite director, right? Didn't you tell me that? Yeah, I think, yeah. Of, well, yeah, he's definitely my top three. Okay, okay, top three, the, top three. Yeah. Um, I discovered the film back in the day when... Um, they announced that Hugh Jackman was going to play Jean Valjean in Les Mis. And my reaction was, Wolverine? Really? What the <laughs> heck? That was the only thing I've ever seen Hugh Jackman in. And so um, I, I went online, I searched for all of Hugh Jackman's films to watch, and, and um, I found this movie. It looked really interesting. And to this day, it's still one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life in terms of theme, um, music. It's the most beautiful movie soundtrack 
ever. Really? Uh, really? That's yeah. some that's some high praise, man. That's some yeah. high praise. And um it is phenomenal. Could could you give a brief overview it, about um it, it, about um a couple uh husband and wife, Hugh Jackman and Rachel Wife's um um, and Rachel Weiss' character Izzy is dying from cancer, uh-huh. um, and the movie goes through three separate um, iterations of the character. One where she's the queen of Spain and she he could conquer Um One in our time, um, where she's going through cancer, and a futuristic aspect where he is. Uh, a monk, and they, and traveling through space, and it all revolved around um, the tree of life from the Garden of Eden, and his search to stop her from dying. Yeah, now it's, this is a movie that I have not seen. Uh, you and I have had plenty of conversations, Parker, about <laughs> that. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Darren Aronofsky, but I, I have to admit, I have not seen all of his movies, and I have not seen this one. However, if I were to choose which of his movies that I would watch first out of the ones I haven't seen, this would absolutely be it because the premise, the story, that is what intrigues me. It sounds very, very fascinating. Um, and so I, so I guess it, were you were you pleased with how Wolverine or should I say Hugh Jackman was uh, able to uh, play in this movie? I mean, obviously, Rachel Wise is a very talented actress who played beside him, but, uh, um, yeah. you know, Hugh Jackman was the lead. What did you think? Um, up until Logan, I would say this was his best performance ever. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's impressive, man. That's yeah. impressive. Like, I, um, like, a little sidetrack, but to defend my, my love of specifically Darren Aronofsky's religious based um movie that he he put out three of um the fountain which had to deal with the tree of life noah which had to do with noah and mother which had to do with the entirety of the bible i think he offered a really um unique and especially in noah and the fountain kind of a harsh view on religion um um religious people in general being more focused on um obtaining the afterlife rather than creating heaven on earth mm, that's really interesting mother, yeah i think mother is the harshest um noah is harsher but the ending justified it for me and i know you hated that movie but <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think the Falcon does a really good job at, at being more hopeful. Well, uh, from what I understand, Darren Aronofsky is a, he is a um, at least he identifies as as I, I I'm pretty sure he identifies as, as an atheist. I might be wrong. He might be agnostic. The the differences <laughs> might sound. Um, you know nebulous but there is a difference for sure yeah um which is interesting because yes his 
his movies, not all of them, but at least the ones you mentioned, he has three, at least these three movies that take, um, at least they, you know, they either take direct biblical stories like Noah, or they take, uh, motifs or themes presented within scripture or the Bible, you know, well-known among religious uh, circles, specifically Christians. And he, yeah, I mean, it's something about religion, um, or at least the the practice of faith intrigues him enough, even though he's maybe not someone who believes in, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's interesting. It's interesting, yeah, that an atheist director would take so much interest in, in yeah. religion and things like that. But um, okay, well, here I'll give some more context, just like I did on uh, Atlantis, the Fountain, on Rotten Tomatoes, out of two hundred five. Uh, submitted reviews by official Rotten Tomato critics. It has a 52% approval rating. On the audience side, the audience definitely liked this movie a lot more than the critics. With over 261,000 reviews submitted from the audience, 74% approval rating. So, um, obviously, you fall on the audience side yeah. <laughs> with this movie. Um, I guess if, if, you, if someone were to ask you... Um, Hey, I've never seen this movie. What can I anticipate? Give us like just a like a little, just a little, not not what the story is about, but what to kind of expect from the movie, I guess. Hmm. I think you can expect a lot of. Um, <clears throat> oh, I think you can expect a really really good look on the way we we view not only not only death, but the way we view we view dying. And simply what, um, what, what make life worth living? That's good. That's good, yeah. man. That's good. Yeah. I think you did a good job of uh, giving giving that movie its due credit. But uh, yeah. I will watch it, Parker. And you and I will have to have a conversation after I watch this I'm movie so again. <laughs> I'm so pleased. That's all I ever want. No, and it, you know it's got a good. Ta- it, it has a good cast. Um, you know, Hugh Jackman and Rachel Wise enough should you know should uh, in- interest people enough to you know to want to see this movie and and whatnot. So, um, all right, man. Okay, cool. So that's movie two. We have now gone from Atlantis: The Lost Empire to The Fountain, on to Parker's final movie to defend. Let's hear it. Okay, that this will be the 2018 version of Robin Hood. Starring Taron Egerton and um, Jamie Foxx. Yep. And I'm going to defend it with the caveat. I <laughs> cannot say this is a good movie in the this is a good movie in the quiet. <laughs> I will say this is a really really fun movie. Like the way I would describe this movie is if one. If this one day Hollywood got stoned, walking to a board meeting, okay, what if we combined Batman with Fact and the Furious, but made it Robin Hood? <laughs> and that's exactly what this movie is. See now, Parker. Okay, and and uh, I I wish I had seen this movie just so I can add my commentary because I've got a feeling that I probably wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> But, but this is what I want to say. 
Because mm. you've told me from the beginning, I remember you texting me when you walked out of this movie, you said, oh, I loved it. Mm. And, <laughs> and it surprised me because of how much flack that you give King Arthur, Legend Shoot. of the Sword. I even though I have not, even though, okay, look, I have not seen this new Robin Hood. I uh, like Taron Egerton as an actor. I think he's talented. I'm uh, not a fan of the Kingsman movies. Not a fan at all. I just don't like those movies. I honestly, I did. Yeah, I didn't like the Kingsman movie, but I rewatched it, and I'm just like, yeah, there's not, there's not really enough there for me to like. But then I watched Rocket Man, which maybe <laughs> that's a funny story. I was the only Trey person in the theater, and I was following my eyes out. And that movie, that movie was phenomenal. I'm so mad Taron Egerton did not get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I, it definitely show. seems like he was one of the snubs for lead actor. Um, yeah. for last yeah last year's oscar award yeah. show um but okay so here's the thing though and some of our listeners they probably seen both movies they probably seen king arthur and robin hood you have seen both i haven't seen robin hood yet though yeah. but uh, apparently there is a clear <laughs> difference between those two movies because in my opinion i really love king arthur yeah. and how could this one that you liked be that much better <laughs> <laughs> I like so go to be honest aside from the really old version and the the classic Disney cartoon none I don't think any Robin Hood movie can really be taken that seriously wait not even uh, not even the uh, the Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott version I love that yeah. one yeah, okay, I, I need to watch that one again, but, like, I think, I think, like, I think Robin Hood is kind of like, um, oh, man, what can, kind of like um, Zorro or Batman or the, just kind of the action, the clock action adventure, and I, um, yeah, he's he, a, a mythical action yeah. hero. Yeah, mythical, yeah. And I think, like, just like Batman had um, Adam, Adam West version of Batman, or um, oh, what was the Batman that had the nipple? Um, George, <laughs> George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, um, I think, like, I think they just, like, I think bro, this new Robin Hood is just good. If you want, like, just get back, watch <laughs> It's like a Fast and Furious franchise. You should come <laughs> watch an extremely enjoyable, bonkers movie that, like, that, like, I, I took my parents to go see this movie, and I didn't notice it the first time, but this movie, like, has so, like, much heavy-handed political commentary. I didn't, like, like in the opening in the opening scene in Israel, all all the costumes look like US Army camo from Afghanistan. Like and like the political commentary like oh like they commentary I think the end was like um Antifa riot 
Like, it, it, like they haven't just Cobra Car how much like they try to shove current like US policy into this Robin Hood story. But I like Terry Edmonton, I like Jamie Foxx. And it was just so unbelievably bonkers. Like <laughs> I just like, yeah, this is this is a really dumb movie, but I enjoy it. They, they yeah, I enjoy it. It was fun. And I think um I think the difference between King Arthur and um, and this one is I think King Arthur tried to have I, I, I'm still going to see it a third time do now, it because we need to have that conversation yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, I and I will say this about King Arthur the first time I saw it the first ten I was expecting it to be like like I eventually ended up thinking it was. Well, the first 10 minutes, I'm like, holy crap, is this what it's going to be like the whole way through? If this is awesome. And then after the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, I think King Arthur um, tried to have like a kind of epicness and grandiose that Robin Hood just like, you know, this, is, this we're breaking the we're breaking the creepiness of it. <laughs> All right, okay, so we've kind of come to the end, but uh, again, for context on on what the critics thought of Robin Hood, the 2018 version, it has a 15% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a total of 164 submitted reviews from official Rotten Tomatoes critics, with a 41% approval rating from the audience with 3,508 reviews submitted from the audience. So you definitely picked a movie worth defending if there was ever any movie (laughs) worth to defend. (laughs) Because I think, as of now, Parker, I think you hold the record out of the three writers Defend Your Movies episodes that we've had so far that you have picked the movie with the lowest Rotten Tomato score yet so good job (laughs) (laughs) all right parker now that's great man do you want to say anything else about robin hood before we kind of close up the podcast um go into it drunk if need be and you'll have a good time (laughs) (laughs) wise words coming from parker johnson one of our contributors and writers on backseatdirectors.com again parker's movies are atlantis the lost empire the Fountain, and Robin Hood, the 2018 version. Parker, thanks for joining me, my friend. Oh, thank you, Jim. Oh, you are welcome. You are welcome. Well, we've come to the end, so why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know, Parker, if they want to read your articles or reviews, if they want to follow you online, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you can read my review on Backseat Director, of course. Um, and you, I also have an Instagram account called Closed Caption Reviews, um, where I just have a little short reviews that I, um, I put out for all the movies I watch. And it's the same thing on my Letterboxd account. You can find me there as well. All right. Very good. 
And listeners, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure to have Parker on, and it was a pleasure to have all of you guys tune in to today's episode of Defend Your Movies. We hope everyone is safe and healthy out there. Uh, hope all of you are doing well. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. The Backseat Directors podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. of movies we can all choose from there's action adventure animation and comedy there's sci-fi and westerns and classics documentaries uh, so many options so much variety there's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me uh, so find your seat in the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.